like because you're running through like these little villages and stuff at the bottom of a of a descent and they're out having a fire at like three in the morning having a beer and cheering all the runners on the next morning they're like hiking up the trail to meet you and hey and welcome back to the next episode of the trail running women podcast we have one of those funky episodes today where i actually chat with a guy but scott was recommended to me by somebody who met him because his impact on the community is huge and just keeps growing so it was kind of fun because a lot of times we talk to people who are competitive which i love i'm competitive but scott runs because he loves it and you can just tell that everything he does like of course he wants to do as well as he can but it's about the fact that he just enjoys running and it really comes through in all of his answers like he's just excited to be there and because of that he is an ambassador for lululemon he gets to go to some amazing races he is volunteering he's trying to give back as much as he can um the more i kind of talk about everything he's doing for the community i'm feeling worse and worse about myself as a human um just kidding but he's awesome to talk to he's super fun and he's on an absolutely insane run streak so we talk about utmb we talk about his run streak his goals uh and a bunch of other fun stuff so you guys are really going to enjoy scott so thank you to everyone who's leaving ratings and reviews that's really really helpful for the show if you can subscribe and review like every other podcast host says because it's it's important if you want to reach out you should find us on our new instagram page at trail running women pod and that's the best place to offer guest suggestions to follow along on places i'm running to check out the links to the guests instagram if you want to chat with them and all that fun stuff trying to create our little community hub there uh one last administrative thing I'm putting the backlog of episodes on Patreon, but if you have anything else you'd like me to do there, I haven't been doing too much new stuff. It's just all the old backlog um, because I have run out of creative ideas, but it is a fun place to connect. So what happens is the episodes, there's so many of them now, the old ones kind of disappear. So it's a place to just have them live forever and a way to support the podcast. But I'm happy to do more there if you guys have requests. So please don't hesitate to reach out on Instagram would be a great place. This is coming out mid-October. So fall races are beautiful. I hope some people are in those. We have Red Rock Canyon coming up where my husband and I will be racing each other. So that'll be fun. Okay, I think that's it for now. We got cut off there by phone call. So the audio sounds a little bit different. But all I wanted to say, anyways... Is that's it? And here's Scott. Every once in a while, even though this is a podcast about women, we get suggested a guest who is actually a male, but seems to have a huge impact on the community. And as I learned more about you, it certainly sees seems like you're doing so many different things to get people involved and to just be a great, positive person out there. So I'm really excited to get into your whole story. Welcome to the show, Scott. Wow. Well, thank you for having me. This is a, a true pleasure and an honor. Um, yeah, I'm grateful to be here. Thank you for uh, for listening to me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there's so many different things when I was going through your Instagram that I want to chat about, but let's get a bit of a, a history on you as a person to start so we can get to know you a bit. How did you find running and did you run as a kid and, and where are you from? Uh, great question. Yeah, I'm from uh, uh, born and raised in London, Ontario. And um I did not run when I was a kid. I actually didn't enjoy running when I was a kid. I used to always get my butt kicked at uh, cross country. And uh, I played a lot of sports growing up, but I, I found running later in life after I uh, blew my knee out, actually. Just um, um, 
like one crazy summer just doing something silly and uh and running and cycling were part of my rehab and uh and i just i fell in love with the running and i've kind of stuck with it ever since you know i think like most runners you, you're kind of off and on when you when you're first getting into the sport and you had some some ups and downs and then i, I just i guess in the last few years i've just really tried to find some consistency and uh and that's just kind of I guess it's just going to help me, uh, help me grow. And, and like you said, just try to help, um, help the community out a little bit too. You know, I, I do have a lot of experience. I've made a lot of mistakes and I try to pass that along to as many people as possible so that they don't do the, you know, some of the, the silly things that I did. Yeah, that's a, that's a big undertaking. Cause I find I have to do the same silly things kind of over and over again before I even actually learn them. <laughs> Yeah, it's. Uh, I think every runner is guilty of, of at least a few, and and like I said, I, I know I've been guilty of a lot. So, uh, so yeah, if, if I can impart any wisdom to anybody, then then I'm always willing to chat about runs. So, and that's why I'm here. So, quick shout out to my friends Christian and Sonia because I know they're the ones who uh, who suggested that you talk to me, and I was like, well, I hope I have some cool stories. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm sure you do. Everybody does. That's the beauty of it. So, sure. how long ago was that that you hurt your knee and? What type of running did you get into right away? Was it road or trail? Oh, another great question. Yeah, um, I, I don't know the exact year. I I feel like I did my first road race. It was a half marathon, and it was I want to say ten or twelve years ago. Um, and yeah, so I, yeah, I want so yeah. I think the injury is probably ten to or maybe even doesn't matter. Like it was a long time ago, I guess at this point. <laughs> and yeah, I did just start out with road running, and uh, yeah, one of those common mistakes I, I I made right at the start was, you know, I'd go out the door and I'd, I'd run so fast that I'd be gassed after like 500 meters, you know what I mean? And I'd come straight home with like my tail between my legs and, um, and then, yeah, so I, I just kind of really fell in love with going low and slow and, um, and started out doing a few road races. And it wasn't until a couple of years after that, where I, I fell in love with the trails and we do have some, some really nice ones here in London and, and surrounding areas. So, uh, but once I fell in love with the trails, I, I honestly don't think I've done a road race in a, in a very long time. I love the trails and I love supporting the road races and all the, the road runners because there's some real uh, badasses in London. We got a, a huge running community. Um, but uh, but yeah, when it comes to racing or, or I hate to even say racing because I'm not fast, but um, uh, I just I love the trails. So, yeah, if I got, if I got time, it's trails. Yeah, totally. I get it. And I think that's pretty common. It's easy to never go back once you do get in the trails. Um, so I mm -hmm. want to know a bit about like how you got so involved in the community because running, especially when you start, is such a solo sport. And I know now you're a Lululemon ambassador and kind of popping yep. up all over the all over the place for lack of a better <laughs> way to put it. Um, so was there kind of a, an event or how did you start to become just so involved in everything around just the actual running? you're on fire these questions are really good um uh <laughs> i guess i mean yeah i don't know i i can totally resonate with uh with you know running solo you know like early on because you know i think a lot of like newer runners or, or or anybody who's say picking it up after a bit of a hiatus you know you, you feel a little bit self-conscious you know you you feel like hey i might not be as fast as that person or or whatever uh you know maybe my form's not that good what have you um so i did do a lot of solo running and actually um uh there was a friend of mine who was just getting into running. I think I had been running at this point for a few years and, and he was just getting into it. And uh, we found like our local brewery, Anderson Craft Ales, and they were just doing like a, a social 5K. And um, and then we started going there week after week and met a lot of really cool people. And, and some of them are 
like like they're my best friends uh, to this day you know like my, my really really best friends a lot of them live out of town now but uh but the running community is just so amazing and i was absolutely floored with how supportive they were um and uh and you know running kind of gives us so much i just felt it was you know especially as i kept going on in life and, and running more i just felt it was so important to, to give back as well you know what i mean like whether it's volunteering or supporting or cheering uh i think it's it's crucial to, to kind of experience all different facets of the running community right and um uh, the lululemon thing was was amazing because uh i just kind of met them happenstance like through a, a strava challenge and um and they they surprised me one day uh at, at anderson of, of course um and they asked me to be the, the run ambassador so i i think i just kind of um ran with that part of the pun but like i just kind of felt like it was it was a responsibility because they are such an uh a poignant brand and an amazing brand and they're so supportive i was like the, the least i can do is 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 work my butt off and, and just try to be uh, as positive as ambassador as i can i also just want to circle back to something you said there that i think is pretty cool mm -hmm. or interesting anyways is we haven't had very many male perspectives say that they found like the initial coming back to running a little bit intimidating when you look at the groups um which i think is really common on the female side to think like well i'm not fast enough or i'm not good enough um, so how did you kind of overcome that and decide to just go for it? Um, yeah, great question. I, I think it, um, you know, I, I think it was just, it took a little bit of courage and, and it took a little bit of a, of a push. I mean, I've, I've always been a bit of an idea guy, you know, I'm always like, um, you know, like those bad ideas I was talking about before I, when I ran my first marathon, I hadn't run more than a half marathon. You know, I remember in, the, in that race, I was, I got to the 22 kilometer marker and I was like, Oh, uh, never been here before. Like, and of course I had a terrible second half of the race cause I didn't know what I was doing. Um, shoot. I, I just went on a bit of a tangent there, but I, I think it, it just took some courage. And I said some things out loud, uh, to some of my friends, uh, and my one particular friend who, who isn't in London anymore, um, Justin, um, he he was like he heard some of the things i said and he's like i'll do that too let's go and uh like we started a running streak and um i, I just think it's important to, to do it just to try i think a, a lot of times you know some some people can ask too many questions you know and um you learn so much just by doing and experiencing and failing and, and I, I think you just have to have a, that, that little bit of courage inside you to just to just try something and go after it you know what i mean and i'm certainly not trying to sound like david goggins here but like you know what i mean it's uh uh, it's just so much fun to try something new and, uh, and, and it, you know, in a best case scenario, you're going to have like the most incredible experience uh, of, of your life, potentially, whether it's a big ultra or, or whatever, or you meet some amazing lifetime friends. Um, so I, I think it's just important to, to just do it. And um, and then, yeah, like in a worst case scenario, if you learn something, then that's only going to make it better, too. So it's not even a worst case scenario. You just got to do it. Yeah, I think that's such a good point, what you said, like the best case scenario. And I think we often forget to think about that side of it. We only think about the worst case scenario or the fears of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's yeah, you said that really well, for sure. Because like, uh, if, if you're, if you're only worried about like the, the negative outcomes, then, then it's tough, right? I mean, uh, like, uh, something that I, I try to tell anybody who's who's asked me for any bit of advice, or, or like, you know, their first race at x distance or whatever. And I, I mean, I always just try to say, you know, if you can, you can visualize yourself finishing the race and, and how amazing that finish line is going to be then then that's like one of the biggest steps you can make outside of just clicking the register button you know it's you got to visualize yourself in that best case scenario and, and you'll be surprised what you can do yeah for sure i love that that's so true 
So getting back to a bit of the accomplishments you've done, I mean, so you get into trails, you don't want to go back and then jump ahead a few years later and we're doing UTMB and some absolutely outstanding, (laughs) super long events, 100 milers, 50 milers. So tell us about a bit about the um, stepping stones to get to these longer distances. And it looks from ultra sign up, but this always isn't accurate. Your first long distance was Squamish 50 miler. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. I, um, I remember seeing a little blurb about Squamish 50 in a, in a running magazine. And uh, it was right around the time that I was, you know, watching like those OG YouTube videos of UTMB. I was like three countries in one race and look at these, beautiful bleeping mountains you know what i mean i was like this is unreal um i got i gotta i gotta do more you know i got i gotta i gotta go after this and i remember the first year that i was considering squamish 50 i didn't know how popular it was and uh and you know it was like the the third day registration was open or something like that and it was already sold out and i was like okay this is popular i i gotta commit more and uh, yeah, I remember that was my first ultra period was the Squamish 50 and, and we went out there and I got my, my ass handed to me and I, I ran it in road shoes. I oh spent way too much time in the aid stations. I had no idea what I was doing. I was just so excited to, to just experience, you know, your beautiful trails out there. And, uh, um, and of course, you know, meeting Gary was really, really cool. He was, uh, as advertised, just an absolute beauty meeting everybody at the finish line and, um, that's the only time I think I've ever puked after a race because I was just absolutely destroyed. And, and there's a really funny video or not video, a picture of, of me and my wife at the finish line and, and she's smiling. She's very proud of me looking amazing as always. And then I was like three minutes before her line. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. But I was just like, I got to get to this finish line and I barely finished the race, but that all being said, I, I had a great time and, and learned so much along the way. So yeah, Squamish was a good one, and then and once I realized that, um, uh, you know, that earned me some some UTMB points. This is before the the Stones system. I was like, well, you know what? Like, let's just go for it. So the next year, I signed up for my first hundred miler, and then six weeks after that, I was doing the UT uh, Ultra Trail Heracana in Quebec. And uh, yeah, like, uh, and then all of a sudden, I yeah, I completed these two races, and I had my name in the hat for UTMB. And um, like it or not. Uh, I, I mean, it was so weird. Like I had my name drawn, like my first year uh, it, I had my name in the hat at UTB and I was so excited, but then I was also just like, man, I, I really would have loved to have another year of, of uh, experience under my belt, but you're not going to say no to that. And uh, that was the absolute experience of a lifetime out there. Amazing. That's epic. That's an absolute, yeah, I, that's a goal race of mine too. So it's, it's awesome that you got to have that experience, especially before it got I think it's more complicated now, or it is for me anyways. Um, but going into your <laughs> miler, after yeah. you had kind of a challenging time at Squamish 50, um, I mean, you finished the race. It's a hard race in what sounds yeah. like maybe not quite enough training. What types of steps did you take to improve your training, if any, to go after Burning River 100 miler? Uh, yeah, another great question. I think I... Um... I think I wanted to pick something obviously closer to home just in case I did have a bad day. So um, the Burning River is only about, I think it's about a five hour drive from, from London. So I wanted to pick something a little closer to home, something that was, um, um, you know, maybe not as crazy sounding as like a, yeah, a Squamish. So there wasn't as much climbing, but it was a beautiful, it was also point to point. So like everything was, you know, new sites, new, new visuals. And then 
Um, so I, I was really excited by the location and, and the course too. Um, it sounded like it was a good mix of uh, some flats and some, you know, punchy climbs. And, um, and then, with, yeah, with respect to training, I'm like, I think I just wanted to, to just have more miles under my feet. And um, uh, I think that's why I, I did start like my running streak because I just wanted more consistency. And, and that did come along nicely. It just made me a stronger runner, I think, Hillary, and, and without even really realizing it. Because, um, you know, when I started training for Squamish 50, I, I kind of, similar to that, that short run I told you in my neighborhood before, I just kind of went out too hard, too fast. And I actually got injured before uh, Squamish 50. So I hardly did any running going into that. So I was, you know, I know it wasn't a great performance. And, and even to this day, I consider myself a mid to backpack runner, but like, um, I really, really struggled at Squamish 50 and I, I knew I didn't train. So, um, so yeah, I just tried to increase the, the running load a little bit and try to increase my strength a little bit. Um, I'm not a big gym rat, but you know, I, I definitely added a lot of like, say push-ups and uh, planks and uh, a lot of like good stretching and, and recovery um, to, to those longer runs. And, and that definitely, I, I saw a nice benefit of that for burning river. Cause I, I recovered a lot quicker than I did after uh, Squamish 50. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answered your question. I'm rambling now. <laughs> no, that's what podcasts are for. The more rambly, the better. Yeah. It's yeah. So yeah, let's chat a bit about this run streak. This is definitely enticing. Um, 200 or 216 you started it in 2016 and we're now in 2023 you've run every day since then yes yeah um and, and you know it's it's uh the, the only two rules i have for myself are at least 2k and, and they've got to be outside I, I didn't allow myself to do treadmill runs um for, for no particular reason i mean obviously i think a lot of people don't love the treadmill and uh and i also thought it was just kind of fun to, to be able to say that I, I ran on the coldest day of the year you know what i mean or the hottest day of the year things of that nature but um but yeah i mean some days aren't glorious i mean i think we we've all gotten sick or food poisoning or whatever so like those are those are the days that are really tough um the days that are uh, amazing the like you know we were talking about best case scenario before are just so epic and uh um you know the recovery days are, are just you know those, those easy runs uh you know two three four five k kind of a thing and um just try to take it easy take it slow and and just make sure I get it done. Cause I, I don't know. I'm a firm believer that, you know, just moving your body every day is a good thing. And, uh, um, I'm lucky too, that like I, I I'm on my feet a lot at work. So that's maybe one of the reasons why I don't run so much, if you will. Um, like, you know what I mean? That sounds silly cause I run every day, but I mean, like I don't put in a ton of mileage. Um, there's a lot of times at the end of my work day, I'm just like, well, F this, <laughs> you know, I'll just do a little one, grab, grab the dog and, uh, and go for a run. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm glad that was my question was, do you have a minimum? And I was hoping that it was very small because I think one of the things yeah. in ultra running is you can get carried away with thinking that you need this high volume stuff to be like the people you see on Instagram, but like you just kind of then followed up with, you don't necessarily time on feet. If it is involved with chasing kids around or at work, all kind of counts when you're doing these hundred mile type things. Um, so I'm glad it's short so that if you're recovering from a hundred miler, uh, mm -hmm. you can just maybe walk jog 2k, but, oh no, I was going to say, maybe it took you more than 24 hours. So you get two days in one race, but no, 22 hours. So you got to run the next day. <laughs> yeah, that was, um, so, I mean, I guess I should say like, yeah, if I'm doing like, like, uh, you know, if, if a race takes me between two days, I mean, I, I actually do extrapolate it back if it's close, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, if, if I finished the race at, say, 12.04 a.m. and I only ran a, a kilometer or something, then I, then I would definitely wake up the next day and 
Ryan. Like I was, I was not, but not that that happened, but I mean, uh, the, the last race that I recently did to, to get my running stones was, uh, in Austria, the Mozart 100. And that was a, a very beautiful race. And I, the, the goal that I had for myself was to finish before midnight. Not, not so that I could be like, Oh, I got to run tomorrow. But I just like, I just really wanted to, to have a good race, a fun race. And, uh, it was one of the better ultras that I've, I've done. I mean, it was a, obviously it was a beautiful country and all that stuff, but, um, it, it definitely, it is also kind of nice to, to give yourself that goal. You know what I mean? Like if I, if I say it took an hour longer, I'd be like, Oh, I don't have to run tomorrow, but I didn't want that as an excuse. Um, Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like, and of course, as any ultra runner knows, you just want to finish the race. That's everybody's number one goal is just finishing the race and and doing it in a healthy manner. But um, so yeah, I think sustainability is probably the best way to describe my streak because I, um, yeah, like you alluded to it. I mean, some days you just, you don't have the gas to do much more and, uh, and that's okay. So how many kilometers per week are you running? I mean, that's a good question. I, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you, you saw from uh, me having trouble to sign into this call. I'm not the best with tech. So, I mean, I don't go on the apps too, too often. I mean, I love to hand out kudos and stuff, but I don't really track my stuff too well. I mean, if I'm ballparking the Hillary, I want to say like 50 to 60 kilometers a week. And then, uh, um, yeah, if, if I'm training for a race, I just try to get in more vert and more more kilometers. But if I'm guessing, I want to say 50 to 60, uh, something like that. Because I do give myself a few minimum days. And then uh, there's usually one day a week where I like to up the pace a little bit. And then uh, two or three times a month, get get a good long run in. I mean, uh, th- that's another thing that's going to help me a little bit, too, just with respect to sustainability and, and uh, trying to continue the run streak. Because I, I don't go for a long run every weekend, if you will. I mean... Uh, yeah, like an hour or two sometimes is more than enough for me. And then, uh, and then, yeah, if I'm training for a race, then definitely got to do like a three or a four hour, you know, tough run. Right. But I mean, if, if I were to do that every weekend, I think, um, people would be mad at me in my, in my life. And, uh, and I, I don't know if I'd be, uh, as, as happy either. So, I mean, I, I think for everybody, it's just about finding that balance of what, what makes you tick and what makes you happy. And, and that's, I, I, it's obviously a bit of a, an ongoing calculation, but you just got to find that balance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like that. Um, so you get into UTMB. We have to talk mm-hmm. a bit about your experience there. What are some of the highlights and then give us maybe your top two things you learned in that race? Oh, wow. Man, I, this is actually kind of fun talking about it. Cause I mean, like, you know, I don't talk about it too often. Uh, so I appreciate the, the, again, the, 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 the questions and the time here, but um, <laughs> I think the, the, the biggest thing that I, that I love the most was just like the electric atmosphere. It's, it's so hard to, to describe. I mean, I get, I'm, I got goosebumps just thinking about it right now because all the finish lines and the start lines, um, sorry, not all the start lines go through Chamonix, but all the finish lines do, right? At least they did back then. And I remember just like walking the streets. Um, it was the day after the TDS um, uh, like podium finishers came through. They, they came through at like say 10 or 11 p.m., so I went down to the square to watch them come in and that was pretty exciting. Uh, and then it was the next morning I was just going for a walk, maybe grabbing a coffee. And then I saw some of the guys like me coming through and, and I, and I'll never forget, like, you know, like the, the people are walking through town, the seas parted, you know, people get up out of their chairs uh, and the cafes and everybody's just giving them a standing ovation. And, and this one guy just looked so beat up uh, and I was about to learn what that was like. And he just, he did, he looked terrible. And I was just like, and I knew how close it was to the finish line. So I just tried to be like, I was like screaming at him. I was like, you did it, man. I was like, you did it. Like, you know, probably swearing in there too. But I was like, 
I was like, incredible, like, uh, throwing in some some friendship I had any other time. But it kind of, like, it, it sparked a bit of a smile in him, and, and it, it kind of um, – it kind of brought him back to life. And I was like, man, because I knew I would want that at that point. He'd really want to drink it in no matter how painful you felt. And man, did he just charge towards that finish line? And I didn't follow him all the way to the finish line. I just watched him kind of run towards that final shoot. And like, man, like, oh, it just was so exciting to to see that and, and to see so much hard work. You knew, I mean, you know, all the hours that go into doing races like that. And, and for, for me, it was a lifelong dream that I was about to experience. And I knew he was experiencing that with the TDS. And that was a, a, a highlight that stood out for me and I wasn't even racing yet, you know, and um, with respect to, to my own um, experience, I mean, like that start line, Jesus, like maybe you can hear it in my voice right now, but like nothing uh, equates that start line. Like I, I usually get more emotional at a start line than a finish line, just because I know that I'm here. And it's about to happen. And, you know, like race days are celebrations of, of everything you've done prior to that to get you to the start line. And um, everybody has their own challenges and their own obstacles. And um, it was so refreshing to know that I could get to that start line. And, and I knew I was going to have a fun day no matter what. And, uh, yeah, I was lucky to finish. Beautiful, beautiful sport. That's awesome. Yeah, you can hear the emotion in your voice. And I think that is... <laughs> Yeah, that's what that race is all about, right? Like, and it just shows, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate it, yeah. but um, yeah, you're very, you're very lucky to have that experience for sure. And I can definitely see then how that would translate into wanting, like we started the podcast with, to be a part of the community and to give back because obviously you can, you can see how much it's, it's doing for you. So moving forward, I want to talk about some of the things that you are, are doing. So am I reading this correct hmm. that you started a fundraiser event? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I apologize. I'm, I'm really not the best at social media. Like I, I'm, I'm you, you, whenever I post, it's usually qu quite late. <laughs> like, um, so I'm, I'm bad. But uh, uh, yeah, so it was um, our local running store, which uh, me and some friends help out at. Uh, it's called Backroads Brews and Shoes. If you're ever in the London, Ontario area, you got to go there. It's a, it's a shoe store and a, uh, and a tap room, and uh, it's just, a, it's a wonderful community, and they often host um uh running events throughout the year um and most of them are free of charge or you know it's a small fee for a fundraiser or whatever and uh and then i just decided to um put a run that i had in my mind together um just do it like running the local trails out here me and some friends uh ran from my house to uh, a brewery in a in a, a neighboring town and it was about a marathon it was a good mix of trail and road it wasn't like crazy uh difficult but it was it was just kind of neat, you know, to end up in another town and and there was a brewery there and they make good beer. So uh, we did that last year and it was so nice to finally piece that together because a lot of us had run different sections at different times in our life, uh, in our lives, excuse me. And then um, so then when I decided to um, to to go to backwards and say, hey, do you think we can add another event to your running series? He was like uh, Aaron Henricks, uh, the owner. He was just all for it. He's like, that sounds amazing. And then um, uh, you know, I just decided to to kind of make it as big as I could. So, you know, the brewery was amazing. They allowed me to have X number of people. Uh, Lululemon stepped up huge with uh, some amazing uh, prizes. And uh, um, and then, yeah, like like you mentioned, it, we, we turned it into a fundraiser for our local Ron McDonald house. And uh, by the end of it, um, I guess I should say, it, we turned it into a kind of a, uh, like a relay event for, I, I kind of, I called it a Ragnar style event. So it was teams of four. Uh, we, we, 
stretched that marathon into a 50k so there was more sections and everybody got to run two sections on each team and then there was like one car that was driving along and uh all the the different transition zones let me know if i'm confusing you because i'm kind of bouncing all over the place but no uh, i'm following okay yeah so it was it turned into a relay event a relay event excuse me and then and then the fundraiser was uh so yeah, I just uh, raised money for Ramadan Donald House, and we were lucky enough to raise twenty-two thousand dollars via uh, just a hair over 90, 90 runners. It was unbelievable the the amount of support that came pouring out, and and like I said, Lululemon was amazing for stepping up with some amazing prizes. Uh, some of the local businesses that we approached were amazing because uh, they, they they gave us you know some little coupons and vouchers and, and things of that nature, and you know sometimes you just have to ask, and and we were we were happy to um, to kind of uh, I. I I hate to use the word advertise, but we made like a little map book for all the teams just to kind of make each section kind of uh, as easy to see as possible because we don't have a website. It's very, you know, grassroots, bare bones. Like I didn't flag anything. Everybody was amazing and had such great spirits. It rained for the first hour and a half and like nobody said a word. It was it was a great day. It was a great day. I, I could keep going on there, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really, really I, I, I almost have too many stories and, and I can ramble. So just feel free to cut me off. <laughs> uh no that's awesome and i think that just shows you like twenty two thousand dollars is nothing like that's such an amazing amount of money and if you just yeah. decide to go and do something much like trail running it's really not that hard to get people involved and to do some good with the sport too so i think that's a really important message and it's pretty cool and i hope you continue to do that yearly and continue to raise money the ronald mcdonald house is a pretty good organization I just want to take a second to thank today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by AG1. AG1 is a supplement that I started taking about a year ago that meant I could throw my entire cupboard of vitamins and pills away because this was going to replace my multivitamin, my probiotic, and everything else I was taking in one simple scoop. So all you have to do is mix it with a glass of water and it really does taste great. You can also put it in your smoothie and I've actually been baking with it and putting it in my kids' muffins so that I can ensure that they are also getting all the vitamins and minerals they need to stay healthy and to grow strong. So it's been a great addition that has been very easy to continue. And my very favorite part is that it is actually less than $3 a day. And right now, if you take advantage of the special, you're also going to get that free one-year supply of vitamin D, which as we approach cold and flu season is super important. So if a comprehensive solution is what you need from a supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to drinkag1.com backslash TRWP for Trail Running Women podcast. That's drinkag1.com backslash TRWP and check it out. Yeah, yeah, same here. We're uh, already talking about maybe uh, doing it for next year, so we'll see what happens. And and yeah, while I'm while we're talking about it, we also had a lot of amazing volunteers that stepped up because I course, I didn't yeah. even ask anybody. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even ask anybody. Like, and they were just kind of directing traffic because I, I didn't have any damn flags out there. But I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm not really a race director, so I was like, I just did the best I could. And like I said, everybody had a great attitude, and the volunteers were amazing. That makes it more fun. The more confusing it is out there, the better. So <laughs> we are going through time quite quickly here. Um, Amazing. Before we finish up, I want to chat 
I mean, you started the podcast with, I hope that I can pass on. I've learned so many things and I've made a bunch of mistakes. And I see now you're about to coach a group of trail ladies as they go for a 50K finish next summer. So what types of Mm -hmm. things for, I imagine, is this a beginner group? And what sort of mistakes that you've made are you hoping that they learn from? Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up because this group of uh, people are are just unbelievable. I I met them at Backroads and... um, um, it's a, it's a good mix of people because as you know, with any group of, of runners, there's a good mix of experience and, and speed, but the, the one thing they all have in common is they all have amazing attitudes. And, uh, um, uh, one of the gals, um, is going to be wrapping up her, her cancer treatment very soon. And, and they, they've all kind of held off on increasing their distance because they want to share that experience with her and they didn't want it to be easy. So they picked the Quebec mega trail 50 K. I was like, Oh my God, like that's freaking incredible. Um, and then, yeah, they, they asked me to, to give them a hand and I'm more than willing to, to help them out. And uh, if they still want me, I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, like I, I guess the mistakes, I, I usually, I see a lot of them every week at, at Backroads. And um, um, yeah, I just try to impart all those trail mistakes that we've made. You know what I mean? Make sure you're eating enough calories. Make sure you're, um, you know, you're training on, on the terrain that you need to train on. You know, you got to get that vert in. You know, you got to stimulate that as best you can, even though London doesn't have many hills. Um, um, I mean, yeah, to jump in here, if, if there's like so many, like, like, what are the trail running mistakes that you've made? I mean, like, I know I've, I've made them, I've made them all. So, um, those are a couple of the examples that, that I can think of. And then, uh, and then, yeah, just trying to impart any wisdom that I remember from the course. Uh, cause I, I did the, uh, the, the 110 there a few years ago. And that was, that was an interesting one coming out of COVID. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I bet. No, I think you kind of nailed all of it. I mean, I think quite often people come from road to trail without giving the respect they need to the vert and the type of terrain and the wear and tear on your feet. And then the other one is just the amount of snacks that you need. Um, and again, sometimes those are just things you learn from experience. You gotta, you gotta get hungry to know how much food you actually need. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. And the, and the, the feet one was a great one. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, it's hard to run that long on trails and uh, and not experience anything with your feet and it's uh, it's a learning curve because you know yeah, as you know like a, a hot spot on on hillary's foot might be different than than on my foot right and uh and that's why the, the training's so important right i mean it's not always about uh you know the distance and, and the vert and all that but it's just about you know getting all the logistics right so you can um, try to get through those eight stations as efficiently as possible because that's going to save you lots of time uh as well as running fast yeah absolutely so last couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Looking forward in your running career, I know UTMB was a huge goal for you at the beginning. What are your biggest dream goals coming up in the next few years? Oh, yeah, no, great question. I, uh, I definitely Western States. Um, I've been lucky to have my name in that hat, I think, uh, four times now. And then I ran Mozart back in June. So this coming lottery, I think I've got, I might be remembering this one. I'm pretty sure this is my fifth year so. Um, that's just one of those races that, uh, again, I think most, uh, ultra runners just dream about and, and I'm one of them. So that, that's going to be my next goal the next couple of years. And, and in the meantime, yeah, just kind of hopefully doing, uh, a couple qualifiers every year. Um, yeah, maybe go back to Chamonix. Um, I picked Mozart for a reason because it was a, you know, a, a dual qualifier, if you will. Right. I mean, I got the, the running stones to get my name back in the UTMB lottery and uh and then obviously the the western states um ticket as well 
So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe going back to Chamonix is one of them because I don't do a lot of the same races twice. But, I mean, like like I, I was alluding to before, Chamonix and, and that whole UTMB experience was just um, so memorable that I, I can't see myself ever not wanting to go back. Like, even if it's a different distance, like, I, I don't even care. Like, I just I just want to go and experience that whole week again and, and uh, I get to experience those trails and, and try to give back some of the love I received on my race day because the, the fans out there were just – crazy that was one of the things that sorry to uh, kind of ramble again but what, one of the things i was thinking about after we were talking about utmb was just like you know a lot, a lot of these fans like like because you're running through like these little villages and stuff at the bottom of a of a descent and they're out having a fire at like three in the morning having a beer and cheering all the runners on the next morning they're like hiking up the trail to meet you and uh you know alley, alley, alley. and it was just it was just uh just so cool so yeah i think those two races for sure and then of course if I can um, try to experience some really cool qualifiers in the meantime, whether it's a, a an epic race or uh, you know a beautiful um, like vacation spot, then uh, then that's where you'll find me. Awesome! I love that. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been so fun to chat with you because you can just tell your enthusiasm, and I can see how that would spread um, to other people. So, my last question for you is. Mm -hmm. After a hundred miler, what is your favorite post-race meal? Ooh, that is a good one. Um, I'm actually, so I, I, I know, I, I know um, how you want me to answer it. I guess I'm really weird in that I don't really eat a lot. Like as soon as the, uh, the race is done, I usually grab a beer and maybe a banana. Um, but yeah, that like that first meal is either like a, a really good burger or, um, or even something like if it's fancy, I'll go for like a risotto or something like because I just love risotto and it just fills you up. And, and there's so many different avenues you could take. And then you have I'm feeling greasy, um, maybe just some like nachos and chips. I don't know. It yeah. sounds weird to say, but no, yeah, nachos and probably... chips is good because it's like refreshing, but also salty. So I can relate to that one for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nothing better than a good salsa. <laughs> so if our listeners want to find more from you or maybe connect with you on Instagram, where plug all the places. Yeah, sure. Um, I, I guess before I do that, I just wanted to thank you too. Cause I mean, uh, you do an incredible job. Like I, I told you before, I, I, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but, uh, but you do an amazing job for, for the community as well. And, um, I know that just, you know, keeping this going and talking to folks like me, um, it, it, it really brings the, the whole world together. So, uh, well, I just want to you. thank you for that. And, and thank you for your time too. This has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. If you want to find me on social, my, my name is Barley runner. Um, my dog's name is Barley and, and yeah, most of my runs are with him. Um, he's getting a little older now, but uh, so we don't run as much, but that that's why my Instagram name is Barley runner. Uh, I'm not the best poster, but uh, um I am going to be running Mammoth Lakes this weekend. So I'm hoping to maybe uh, post some really cool stories because that looks like a beautiful freaking town too. Okay. Awesome. Well, yeah. thank you so much. And I look forward to following along on your progress um, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks. You as well.